electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Fast Money starts right now, live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lee. Our traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Brian Kelly, David Seberg, and Guy Adami. Tonight on Fast, the biggest crypto hack ever. A $500 million hack sending shockwaves to the crypto world. We'll tell you what went wrong and if your Bitcoin is safe. Plus, it's the Boeing breakout that just won't quit, but one trader says he sees major turbulence ahead for the stock. He'll break it down. But first, on a day when the record Dow would normally be our top story, we start off with fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Wind share is getting absolutely crushed today, down more than 10% as shocking sexual assault allegations about casino mogul Steve Wynn emerge. Let's get to Contessa Brewer back in the newsroom for all the details on this developing story. Contessa. And there are a lot of details here, Melissa. So these allegations date back more than a decade the Wall Street Journal outlines a pattern of sexual misconduct by CEO Steve Wynn. The report details multiple instances of alleged uh, misconduct, including an assault against a manicurist who was later awarded a $7.5 million settlement and many other forced sexual encounters with employees. In a statement to CNBC, Wynn says, the idea that I ever assaulted any woman is preposterous. And then he goes on to blame his ex-wife, Elaine Wynn, for instigating the accusations. We reached out to her. She said no comment to us, but her lawyers told the Wall Street Journal that she was not involved there. A statement from the company also blames her for tarnishing his reputation to pressure him into revising their divorce settlement, though Elaine Wynn's attorneys again said she's not involved in those allegations. Now, Wynn owns a 12 percent stake in the company. He's regarded as crucial to his success. And in, before the company went public, it actually wrote in its S-1 filing, our ability to maintain our competitive position is dependent to a large degree on the efforts and skills of our senior management team, including Stephen A. Wynn. And then outlined a plan to buy a $30 million life insurance policy on Wynn. In a 2015 interview with CNBC, Wynn talked about the importance of having happy employees. My basic priority is to, to protect our service levels so that the hotel, the experience of the hotel doesn't change. And that means that I have to concentrate very, very much on human resources are employees. How happy is the staff? How relaxed and secure do they feel? Because they're not going to take care of customers and deliver the kind of service if they're frightened about their jobs. Now, that interview was about Macau, but what I've been hearing today from Las Vegas is that many former employees still fear speaking out because of his long reach in uh, Las Vegas and in Nevada that he is so influential there. The allegations against Wynn potentially could affect an ongoing resort and casino construction project outside Boston, with the Massachusetts Gaming Commission saying it's reviewing appropriate next steps in order to ensure the suitability of its licensees. A Wynn company spokesperson tells CNBC the company is in contact with the commission and will be fully cooperative with any review the commission chooses to undertake. By the way, as an aside, this could affect politics, too, of course, because Steve Wynn was also tapped by Donald Trump to be the finance chairman of the Republican National Committee, Melissa. 
All right, Contessa, thank you, Contessa Brewer. Now, before today, shares of Wynn have doubled in the past year. Steve Wynn is both the founder and CEO of Wynn. He's built this company from the ground up. He joins the ranks of other CEOs and founders like Jeff Bezos with Amazon, Elon Musk of Tesla, who've been driving forces behind their high-flying stock. So if these stunning allegations prove to be true, can you own Wynn without Steve Wynn? Guy. I would say yes. And I, I understand the accusations are sorted, and I'm not going to comment one way or another. For, for this, that's not what we do on this show. I'll say this, though. I think ten year, five to ten years ago, I think this would have been devastating for the stock. I think the company's at a point now, it's mature enough now, where if Mr. Wynn would have to leave or, God forbid, something were to happen, I think when the stock can, can withhold. It trades at 20 times forward earnings. It has an incredible growth rate. I don't think people are going to flee the hotels on the back of this news. It doesn't give me, it doesn't make me happy to say that, but that's just reality. Think about the tape that came out of then-candidate Trump. The man was elected president six more, four or five months later. So I think people are extraordinarily forgiving. The, the runway they have in Macau is tremendous. And you know about the growth in Las Vegas because we talked to the gentleman about a year or so ago. So I still think, despite these headlines, understanding there's headline risk, win at 20 times forward earnings couldn't, right here makes couldn't sense. Couldn't disagree with you more. This tarnishes the brand. Every single one of these buildings has the name plastered on top of it. And every time you look up at it, whether it's true, whether it's not true, not, I'm not making a judgment on that, but every time you see the name win on a building, it's going to be a problem. And I do think, actually, this could hurt their growth rate. Not only that, Steve Wynn himself, as they mentioned, is incredibly influential politically, which is part of the growth strategy of this company. I, I don't think you can own it here. But, you know, has Wynn really outperformed the peers? The entire gaming space has been on fire. And if you think about what's going on, first of all, as a byproduct of the global economy, what's going on in the stock markets, uh, the consumer wealth that's been reborn, but the trends in Asia, which have been reborn, and a lot of that, by the way, is top-down because people feel like China, big brother, is less concerned about capital flight and is, is letting these guys operate. So I tend to fall more on Guy's side. I mean, I think of iconic CEOs. Steve Wynn certainly is there. Right. But is his core business one that's based on technology or right. it's based on relationships and this company this is not a young man if it's riding all on him they were already in a very nice. dangerous place going into today the stock was trading at a 90 rsi relative strength indicator which is about as high as you can get anytime anywhere this pullback we've seen so many examples of allegations coming out and things get so much worse than you can even imagine what if in this scenario performers don't want to perform at a win property Celebrity chefs don't want to open their restaurants okay. at Wynn Properties. People uh, don't want to go to those restaurants. You want to host a conference there. I'm just, I'm just I, I thinking think that's out a, that's loud in terms right, And that leads into right. the political sort of like comment that, that Tim makes, which I do agree with for the near term. I think there is a setback to the stock. I don't think it's devastating. And if you look at me and say, would you have bought Wynn Resorts on, you know, on this scenario, on this pullback? The answer is I wouldn't buy it here. I'd wait for lower levels. Here's the thing. Steve Wynn's not the only guy in the world that can run a casino in a hotel-type business. And the fact that his brand's on the wall, it doesn't change anything for me from the standpoint of wanting to go to that casino or perform at that casino if I was asked to. So I don't think that the brand is going to be affected. Do you really think if you guys are going to do a conference, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think if, twice about doing it? If the allegations prove true. Right. Uh, you, you know, I, again, I if don't... If you went out to your clients point. and said, hey, by the way, we're doing a conference in Las Vegas right. and it's going to be at win. I don't think they have think a problem. You think twice about it. No, I don't, I don't think, think it's going to be an issue. I, look, I think over the long haul, it's not going to be an issue at all. 
So I look at it and say, I mean, you can make the argument that, uh, you know, a tragedy happened in, in Las Vegas at a hotel. Does that deter people from actually going to that hotel? Very different. Very different. Very I get different. it. Totally different. But, but but very different. Would, you have thought, would you have thought that actresses would boycott Weinstein? And by the way, we're talking about company Sin City. In terms of production <laughs> or directors. Again, this is a, it's, it's no, I think very, you, very I different. Think I just think that corporate, corporate event planners or anybody who's running a corporation has to steer clear. Whether the allegations are true or false, it's plastered all over right. the TV. You have to steer clear of these properties. And I can't speak to what the conference business, what the, what it, how much revenue it drives. I have, I have no idea. I probably should. I don't know. BK makes a great point. My point is this. I, I think Tim made the same point. I think Mr. Wynn is at a point now where he was probably towards the end. He's clearly more towards the end of his career than the beginning. Right, he's 76 and I can't Saturday. speak to the bench at Wynn Resorts, but if he has to step down, my sense is that the business that's been put forth has enough traction where it might right. be a blip. I don't think it's devastating. Right. All right. For more on the allegations against Steve Wynn, let's bring in John Ralston. He's one of Nevada's most well-known journalists that has been covering business and politics in the state for 30 years. He's interviewed Steve Wynn multiple times through the years, and he's here to give us an inside look at the Wynn empire and what these allegations could mean, not just for the company, but for Steve Wynn himself. Great to have you with us. Um, you know, we're just having a debate here from an investor standpoint as to whether or not Steve Wynn runs a Steve Wynn empire or the empire in large part runs itself or is run by other people. What's your sense of that? Well, uh, listen, all of you folks know a lot more about business than I do, but there is no uh, bigger name in the casino business than Steve Wynn. And he doesn't like to be known as a casino guy. He has always said, I'm a developer. And look, he's, he's not standing still. He's, got, uh, he's building something in Macau. And remember, where the Wynn and the Encore are now in Las Vegas, it's a tiny part of the land. He has a huge development in the works uh, that, he's, that he has unveiled. And his name is synonymous, not just because that casino says Wynn on, uh, on top of it. Steve Wynn is the biggest name in the history of Nevada gaming. He, he is synonymous with that. I don't know enough about the internal workings of the company and whether there's a succession plan if it could survive without him, uh, but he is the man behind that, mm -hmm. and it's hard to believe that it would not take a hit if something happens to him. Was this Las Vegas's best kept secret? In other words, was this sort of known in town and nobody ever talked about it? Are people going to give him the benefit of the doubt? How is he viewed in, in, in Las Vegas? Favorably? Well, well, uh, he's certainly very favorably viewed because he's maybe the greatest visionary in the history of this state. On the other hand, some of these kinds of rumors or allegations have been out there before. Uh, one, of my, one of my columnists, John L. Smith at the Nevada Independent, wrote a book in which some of this stuff was alluded to. There was another lawsuit uh, by a guy named Dennis Gomes that the Wall Street Journal mentioned who used to work for Steve Wynn, who mentioned it. Of course, this is coming against the backdrop of an incredibly contentious and ugly lawsuit uh, between Steve Wynn and Elaine Wynn, uh, his ex-wife. But, but let's take a look at what the Wall Street Journal did. They said they talked to, I believe, 150 people. Uh, I, those are good reporters, uh, uh, some of whom I know uh, personally. I, I just, it's going to be very, very difficult uh, for him to get away from that, even though he has said he never assaulted a woman. That's not what that story says, that he assaulted women. The preponderance of evidence, not the legal term, mm -hmm. but just looking at that story and the expectation that if anything else is out there, it will come out. Right. Uh, it's going to be very, very difficult for him to deal with. 
Having known the winds, John, what's your sense as to whether or not Elaine Wynn is somehow behind this, that this is the product of a nasty divorce, as, as Steve Wynn has put in a statement? Uh, I, I certainly have no idea. Uh, the divorce certainly is nasty. There certainly is no love lost uh, between the two of them. But here is what I do know, is that in this new atmosphere of sexual harassment being a big deal in the political, social consciousness of this country, the Wall Street Journal started working on pieces just as we have and many other news organizations have. There have always been rumors about sexual harassment in the casino business. My guess is they started working on this story based on that, not on based on being fed information by Elaine Wynn. But I have no idea if Elaine Wynn talked to them or they sought her out. I don't know that. But I would guess much more that it's, un, it's against the backdrop of this uh, discussion that's going on nationally about sexual harassment in various industries. All right. John, great to speak with you. Thanks for your insights tonight. John Ralston out in Las Vegas for us. Um, well, how would you approach the stock? Well, I, first of all, I think you should approach cautiously because, you know, I don't think anyone here on this desk is being cavalier uh, mm -hmm. about what news could fall out from here. And therefore, I don't think that there's any reason to do anything. I think uh, Deutsche Bank did a nice note after the bell, and they, to use their terms, we'd be out over our skis trying to predict what to do here. Right. And they had a buy rating or they have a buy rating on the stock. But I think the point is that the pullback in the stock now leaves it in a valuation where it's actually significantly cheap to Las Vegas stance. This news on a settlement was also out there at the end of December, but that the journal broke the story today, made it, again, this is Deutsch's quote, made it more of, a, of an emotional response by the market. 30% of free flow traded today. Yeah. And, and that says enough right there. Yeah. Um, what do we do today? Well, I mean, well, in, th in this particular case, I would steer clear win. I would, I mean, if you're going to play, make a bet on casinos, you have a whole choice of ones to make a bet on. Why do this one? So, you know, in terms of staying away from stuff, that's what I do. In terms of what I did today, mm -hmm. you know, me, I didn't do a heck of a lot. Just kind of watch the market continue to melt higher, which it just seems to want to do. And I'm surprised that bonds didn't go higher as well. Uh, biotech, loaded up on biotech. Mm. Um, we're there. We're there from an M&A perspective. We're there from an earnings perspective. You saw some names come out today and talk about what the tax impact's going to do to this sector. So I am telling you right now, what I'm seeing in the desk, it signals to me, you got to step in and just play this thing, you know, close your eyes and buy the XBI. All right, coming up. Next week is the busiest week for earnings, and there's one big tech stock the Chartmaster sees breaking out. He'll be here to explain why he's so excited. Plus, the $500 million crypto hack heard around the world. He'll tell you what went wrong and just how safe your crypto portfolio actually is. And later, Intel having its best day since 2009. And someone on this desk thinks the run isn't over yet. We'll explain much more Fast Money right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. Crypto regulation is front and center as another major Bitcoin exchange gets hit with a massive hack. Seema Modi's on that story with more. Seema. Melissa, it could be one of the largest crypto hacks ever since Bitcoin came to market in 2009. CoinCheck, the leading Bitcoin and cryptocurrency exchange in Asia, says up to $500 million in NEM coins were stolen from CoinCheck's digital wallets, resulting in a suspension of all tokens aside from Bitcoin. NEM is currently the 10th largest cryptocurrency with a market cap of $7.6 billion. The coin is used to help businesses handle data digitally. CoinCheck co-founder Yusuke Otsuka said his team is unsure as to how the hack happened, but that he does plan to compensate his clients at some point, but no word yet on when. 
In a statement, the Japanese Financial Services Agency said it's investigating the situation. You know, unlike China and South Korea, Japan has been much more receptive to the idea of digital currencies, recognizing Bitcoin as a legal currency. In fact, it's one of the largest markets for cryptocurrencies. But experts say this major hack could push regulators to take a harder stance on crypto exchanges going forward. It could also push investors to find new ways to secure their coins outside an exchange using services like Tether and Zappo. Melissa, back to you. All right, Seema, thank you very much. Seema Modi at the New York Stock Exchange. So I think this is, um, I mean, this hack was bigger than Mt. Gox. When yeah. you think about collapses, you think of Mt. Gox. So this is much bigger than that. Should we be worried? You should, well, listen, I, I, hopefully nobody watching the show has lost any money on this, but I think what you need to know about this, you should not leave coins at an exchange. Don't leave them any longer than you need to, because if you do not hold them in cold storage or in a vault at something like Zappo or Coinbase has a vault or Gemini has a vault, a cold storage solution, if you don't do that, you are vulnerable to losing your coins. It's important to recognize the blockchain didn't get hacked. What got hacked was the third-party website, the exchange. And this is a new technology. It's why I tell people 1% to 5% of your assets need to be in this, and that's about it. Um, these things sadly happen. You know, I'm an average person at home, and I yeah. own half a Bitcoin. Do I take that and put it in a cold storage? I mean, yes. like what? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. If you own if you own it on on Coinbase, they have a solution. You go to the you go to your Coinbase vault. Just chuck you can it in the send freezer. it to Zappo. Yeah, yeah, chuck it in the freezer. Right here chuck it in the freezer. Man, I, I just think yeah. right next to the Hagen dazs You do you not know, leave coins on an exchange. They are vulnerable to a hack. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Guy's like, I have no idea what you're talking no, about. No, I can read it. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about getting liquid nitrogen futures. I mean, it'd be fantastic. But you can do things like put it on a thumb drive, right? Put it right. in you a can safe. Put, you can, right. So you can get what are called a ledger or a tracer, cold storage wallet, and you can take those and put it in a safe. That's another way to do it. Um, they're actually a lot, it's a lot easier than it sounds. You simply send it to an address. You have a password. You put well, it in the safe. That's you're how gonna you are going to taser guy. I'm going to taser guy. Can I tell you something? It can only be easier than it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think about it. Right? It's not, it's not as bad as you think. Oh. But just all you need to know, don't keep your coins on an exchange. Okay. Still ahead. Word of the wise. But the more you know. Biotech having its best week since September, and one trader is calling it the best chart ever. He'll tell us how much better he thinks it could get. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business yeah. worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast. Fang has its bite back. And there's one name that looks poised for a breakout when it reports earnings. We'll tell you which one. Plus, could Apple top $1 trillion next week? It sure is, but if you miss the move, we'll tell you how you can still cash in when Fast Money returns. It is the moment that we have all been waiting for. The world's biggest company is inching closer and closer to becoming the first trillion dollar stock. Apple is currently sitting at a hefty $870 billion in market cap, is up a whopping 43,450% since its IPO on a split adjusted basis. And despite just closing out its worst week since September, could next week's earnings report finally boost the company to new highs? Still, it'll take your position now. Will Apple finally hit $1 trillion next week, Tim? No. No, I, I think there's very little in the way of catalysts that I can see other than possibly the service business, which you know, is not going to grow that fast. I think uh, this refresh cycle is extended farther than it, it should have. 
Uh, I think demand has certainly been questioned in China. There's nothing here. You're a believer in all these analysts that come out downgrading the stocks, cutting uh, 10 estimates, et cetera, for the March quarter. I think Apple is is an attractively priced stock. Uh, I don't think this stock has to go up. Um, what are we talking about? Th you know, 130 billion dollars in, in the next week? No. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's all about the X. And I mean, the, the iPhone sales essentially been skewing toward the, the seven, actually, for the March quarter. So I look at it and say this could be dead money for a while. I do not think it's going to take a crack and go much lower. And I don't see it really skyrocketing, but I think it could be just trading sideways, essentially, for the near term. Guy? Well, iPhone X shipments. I mean, Dan Nathan's Ten. been all... Was it? Ten. It's the 10. Oh, it's not the X. So, I mean, I'm... That's, not, that's what the, the company X. calls it. So I feel like I should step in and say 10. So it, Look at, look at the computer lot, guy's got right got, in front no, of him. I got, the, I got this, the, the Ocho. I mean, look, Dan's been on this. If you look at the stock since November, 170 exactly has been sort of a line in the sand from November till now. That's been where it's bounced off a number of times. To me, that's what you traded against. I'm sort of in Tim's camp. I don't think this is the quarter that's going to get us there. But like many things in life, oh, that's there's nice, an yeah. inevitability of oh. that $1 trillion handle, Melms. Huh. How does it set up into earnings? I feel like it's a pretty good setup into earnings, being down four and a half percent going into the number, with expectations ratcheted lower. I don't, I don't know if I would say that. I mean, listen, I'm, I said you should buy the breakout. Wrong, absolutely wrong on that. We're back here. I don't, I think it's vulnerable going into earnings. I mean, this story about the the ten. Uh, losing some share and the eight gaining some share or the seven gaining some share. Uh, I think that has legs. And the risk to me is the downside here. I think you could break lower. So, yeah, I, I would just stay away from it altogether. Isn't Apple the tech market, basically? Well, it's no. certainly of, of the cues. I mean, shouldn't you be worried if it's going to break? It's a, ma it's a major proxy play. It's certainly been a major laggard to the cues over the last couple of weeks. Um, it was also a major outperformer. I, I think the stock is very well supported around 160. And, and I actually think that that's, you know, a level you start to get interested. But I, I agree with David. I, this is actually a period that despite the extended refresh uh, cycle here, this is not the two or three. This is not the two quarters you want to own Apple historically. Mm. Time for the final trade. Oh, ready? I know. Cool. It's a Friday show, you Friday. know. Let's go around the horn here, Tim. Okay, I'm ready today, Mel. So I actually <laughs> sold some steel. This has been a great run, taking a little bit of profits. Why not? U.S. Steel sold. Brian Kelly. Well, if you think that Las Vegas isn't dead and you want to play some of the other ones, take a look at MJM, MGM. Maybe that's the way to play this trade these days. David Seberg. Uh, Gilead. I love Gilead. I'm sticking with the yeah, biotech baby. theme here. This is a great story. Stay with it. Long Gilead. What choke's coming up next? Options action. Love options action. 5.30 every Friday. Dan, Nathan, Mike Coe, Carter, Carter Braxton, Braxton Worth. You know, I'm going to see that Eminem guy, I think, with Dan, Nathan. He asked me to go with Marshall Mathers. You. No, you're not. You're not. No, you're not. Nice. Whoa. <laughs> they won't let you in if you do that. They won't let you in if you do that. All right. Watch That's my view. See, it's on the board. Moose out front told you, Melms, Netflix. All right. Nice. That doesn't for here us on Fast, so we'll catch you back here Monday at 5 for more Fast. Don't move as Guy mentioned Options Action will start right after this break. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.